0: Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a trillionaire Just at this time Sorry for the dropping audio quality I'm returning to my old mic More mobile So, um Yeah, it's uh I think I'm going to be going back to this mic For this podcast uh, Most days Because I do want to get back to doing daily episodes um, It just allows me to I like to experiment, you know, <laughs> um, change, change up my habits, change up my routines a lot. I don't like to stick with one thing for too long. It just just bores me. But um, lately I've been like learning so much every single day, having so many thoughts that I find it whenever I'm trying to. That's why the, the podcasts are becoming longer and longer, like hour, two hours almost, because <laughs> I'm trying to like cover over all the things that I've been thinking over the week or 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 um, last couple of days. And um, I always miss stuff. I always miss a lot of what I'm thinking and what I'm learning and what I'm doing. And um, the whole point of this is to, is to document, you know, to document my journey and my learnings and and so on and so forth. So I think daily helps a lot with that um, and keeping it mobile, like not using the big mic where I have to set up, connect it to a computer or transfer it over from my computer um, or from the device to the computer, stuff like that. You know just less friction so if anything I might buy a little bit a better mobile mic um, nothing too fancy but something I can clip on plug into my phone and just you know press play <laughs> on anchor and, and let it go um, I've considered writing as well writing a journal but unfortunately my wrists don't agree with me I've been getting really intense wrist pains a lot lately so I can't you know write as much um, of course, there's speech to test, voice to text. I might try that um, in the coming weeks. But even so, like, even before my wrist, like, was hurting, I always noticed that I tend to cover different things when I speak versus when I write. Um, when I when I speak, it's, it's a, you know, of course, a stream of thought, and I can just share what's on my mind and not really think about <laughs> how it's structured too much. And that, that helps to make it a very raw, kind of open, um, straightforward, I guess. Very transparent, I think it is. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good word for it, transparent. But when I'm writing, I tend to kind of restructure when I'm writing. Right? It's very, even even if I try to not, even if I try to do minimal edits when I'm writing, I still like uh, that can be worded better that can be worded differently you know um, and that's good that's good actually for 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 that medium because it allows me to structure my thoughts it allows me to not just say whatever is on my mind but say what what's on my mind in, in, in a more efficient way to figure out you know a better way to communicate and I think there is power in that there is um, that there's positives in that but it's because it's more intensive because I have to restructure and edit and everything like that. Even when I again, even when I try not to edit or try to just keep it, you know, stream of thought and so on and so forth. It's just really, really difficult to do that when I'm writing. So I think for a daily thing, you know, audio journals really work for me, and for like weekly or monthly or or like books and stuff like that, of course, writing. So um, I think I'm gonna do that. Moving forward, I do want to write more though because I haven't had many articles out lately. Pretty much none this year, and I think that's a, a travesty because I've been thinking about a lot of things that I that I've refined a lot, you know, <laughs> through all my lessons and learnings. But anyways, um, today I've been thinking about a number of things as always. But I started reading um, SB Kaufman or SB Kaufman his uh, book on transcend called called transcend. Uh, let me get the exact title here. Mm. Transcend basically oh yeah, here we go. Transcend the new science of uh okay, it just changed. Why why you do this to me, Kendall? Kindle is very annoying sometimes. Here we go. <laughs> Transcend the new science of self-actualization. Alright. So SB Kaufman, uh again, Kaufman, Kaufman, I don't know. But he's been basically creating what he calls an integrated a re- revised, integrated uh, version of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. All right. So not going to go too much into it yet because I'm still learning a lot. But I've sort of. Well, I've, re- I've really been inspired. I ain't going to sort of inspired. I've really been inspired by, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and um, Kaufman's sailboat model of those of those needs. I, I'm not sure if I talked about it before. I should have because I, I I learned this like a couple of weeks ago, if not months ago, and it really inspired me. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" All right. So in the last couple of months um, or weeks, I don't even remember how long it's been, but I've been looking more into it. I've been trying to see is this legit? Like, is this just you know <laughs> just some other you know random person kind of putting it out there? But no, this dude's legit. Like, he's he's created really a number of great research articles and um, books. Talking about well, he got kind of much of his fame as a psycho psychologist in term in terms of talking about intelligence and creativity. Talking about you know a more nuanced version of understanding intelligence and all this other stuff. Again, I haven't looked too much deep into that, so I can't talk about it. But this dude seems to be really legit. Um, he's a real psychologist. Um, has some. He's greatly regarded in his field. So I, I I think I can. Trust uh, this 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 interpretation, but to get more into it, um, again, I'm not going to go into it r- right now because you can read the book, you can look up his podcast, you can look at his website. I just want to talk about like kind of how it's impacted me so far. Um, but yeah, so Mansell's hierarchy of needs is really awesome, um, specifically because it, it it allows us to visualize. You know some of these basic needs and, and higher needs that we know we have, but has rarely ever been truly, you know, written down and 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 structured. You know, created into a structure. Unfortunately, a lot of the problems comes from Maslow's hierarchy of needs comes from the fact that it's a hierarchy, right? And and the, and that it's a pyramid, right? People look at that and it's like, oh wait, that's not really, you know, practical or realistic, right? And people have all sorts of criticisms of it, but it turns out. And, and um, Kaufman puts it in his book that Maslow never created a pyramid, right? He never structured these hi- these needs into an actual hierarchy, into a, like a pure structured, you know, linear hierarchy. Yes, he called it a hierarchy, but it was because, you know, it's, it's a more nuanced thing, right? Like it's because your basic needs, like your need for food, right, for safety and stuff like that, that that often supersedes, you know, your your higher needs of, you know, wanting to be creative or uh, have a sense of purpose and stuff like that. However, he pointed, it's very it's very fluid, right? It's very contextual. It's very um, dynamic. So one day you could be like, oh, I really, I, all I want to focus on is, is getting, you know, uh, getting my food and stuff like that, right? Eating and stuff like that. Um, and then the next day, once you... Maybe you secured, you know, a good sense of food And then you're, you're, you're thinking about Some other things, right? But the next day it could go back Or the same day, right? <laughs> or you could be in the point where You know, you're eating a little bit And you don't really care You're not actually full But you're still thinking of, a, you know Some higher purpose type of thing Or you just ignore it You just don't care about food right then and there And you're thinking about something else So he pointed out it's very dynamic However, it is still corresponded, right? It's still corresponded It's very difficult to think about, you know, purpose and, and changing the world and and loving other people and going beyond yourself if your basic needs are not met, right? That That is why it's a hierarchy because, you know, though you can do all those higher things, you know, um, without having your basic needs met, it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. So... Um, again, I'm not. I'm not super deep into this. I'm literally. I literally just got the book, and I'm just on the introduction. The introduction. That's why I love. You know, a book is good when the introduction is good, right? <laughs> An introduction has you like, oh wow, this is yes, yeah, um, mm, yes. Let me take notes already, right? Before I even get to the first chapter. Um. But yeah, like just this. This whole thing is is incredible incredibly insightful and everything like that. I've listened to a number of podcasts about it. I already know how the book is going going to go um from those podcasts. But reading it is always is always pretty awesome. Um but some other things I've been thinking about as I've been reading this book is is his talk of self-actualization of how um let me see if I can pull up this quote actually this is a really beautiful quote. Uh let's see but his whole thing about self actualization is 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 really incredible to me because it shows the uh, oh I don't even want to put a bookmark. I want to go to my notes. Here we go. Here we go. This is another good one. It says Maslow emphasized that we are always in the state of becoming and that one's inner core consists merely of potentialities, not final not final actualizations that are yeah yeah not, <laughs> it consists of potentialities, not final actualizations that are weak, subtle, and delicate, very easily drowned out by learning, by cultural expectations, by fear, by disproval, etc., and which can all too easily become forgotten, neglected, un- unused, overlooked, unverbalized, or suppressed. It's, it's, it's really interesting because that idea is what inspired me is one of the things that helped, that inspired me to um, create my business idea right and it's, it's it's interesting because i didn't read like i literally just got this book today but i was thinking about, along those similar lines you know um so if you listen to my podcast a couple couple weeks ago talking about you know um uh, my business idea how i came up with it i forgot what it's called but i talked about many of those things how you know throughout my life it's been really difficult to figure to, to figure out what i want to do in life and actually I always knew what I wanted to do But it's been really really difficult to figure out how to do it And to focus on doing it, right? It's been really difficult to focus on achieving my dreams And all this other stuff Because I have to deal with poverty I have to deal with people being like Oh no, that's not realistic Do this instead, right? Like I have big dreams I know that I've always been like that And I've always been somewhat altruistic You know, not because But that came from and, And I'm learning in this book it came from a, a source of deficiency, right? And I think he's the, I'm not getting, I'm not, haven't gotten to that part yet. But I listened to his podcast where he was talking about you can have a healthy transcendence and an unhealthy transcendence. And I'm, I know I'm all all over the place with this, sorry, but yeah, he talked about how you can have an unhealthy and healthy transcendence, where an unhealthy transcendence is, first of all, transcendence in general. He calls it. Is, is the idea of going beyond yourself, right? Is is kind of a, a a putting down of the ego or of a or of a um, you know, having a bigger sense of having a larger sense of belonging, right? And you can have an unhealthy transcendence when you get into this group mentality, right? This mob mentality when you um, get into uh, to gangs or into you know political um, radicalism. Or things like that right that that is the same idea it's the same transcendence it's going beyond yourself where you're part of a bigger whole right that's that's transcendence however it's unhealthy because it's it's from a sense of deficiency it's 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 based on the fact that you don't have a sense of connection you don't have a sense of self-esteem or security or whatever so you band together with other people to try and fill that need To try and feel that need, and and, oh my gosh, this idea is just like wow, yes, (laughs) because that's exactly the type of things that I've you know dealt with. You know the reason I'm altruistic and all that is because I don't have money, and I've never had money growing up. And whenever I do get it, like I've grown up knowing how useful money is and how you know people need it, right? It's 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 a huge need, like. Without it, we can't get nothing to eat, right? We can't go to. You can't get the the need, the things that you need for school, or for work, or for this, that, and the other, right? And so when I get it, I'm just like, oh, I need to share it because somebody needs something, right? Some my family needs something, my my friends need something. I'm trying to give it out. That's (laughs) right, and so that's why I never really considered my altruism to be necessarily good because somewhere deep inside myself, I knew. That it wasn't necessarily because I like felt I, I was like a good person per se, or like I just you know <laughs> it's because I don't like I think other people have needs more important than my own right. It's from this 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 insecurity of 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 uh, knowing other people need help and not wanting to to monopolize you know. Whatever security I have, like whatever money I have, and it's 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 unhealthy because you know it, it makes it difficult for me to go beyond, right? To keep growing, to save up money for the future, so I can move out and so I can do more things, right? You get into this this trap, this poverty trap of of giving out your money to other people and and all this stuff. And yes, it's good. I do think you know that stuff is good, but if I'm never able to save up right and move out on my own and be, get to a, and have an environment where i can structure my own environment where i can focus on what i want to focus on and, and achieve my goals then ultimately i'm not living up to my potential right and that's something i've realized over the years and so you know it it was with that it was with that idea that i wanted to create my business where i was where i'm thinking about okay how can we directly meet people's needs or people have a need for basic safety, or they have a need for food, or they have a need for higher things like, you know, getting a, a career that they care for, or finding a community, right? When I, when I look around, I see so many of us are kind of just stumbling about in the dark, trying to figure out how to live life, right? And I, I want to create a light. I want to make it easier for people to, you know, go in the right direction. So in my mind I often often liken it to a a a game an infinite game an open world game where instead of you trying to you know um, instead of it being a finite game or a linear game where it's just oh level up go to the next level level up go to the next go to the next uh, stage or whatever it's an open world game where you can explore where you can you know move here move there. Experience this, experience that, you know, connect with people, um, have agency, all that stuff, right? That's what makes an open world game really awesome and really fun. However, what also makes an open world game playable and, and enjoyable is when you have some sort of structure, right? Where you where you don't just randomly go into some higher level area and get killed, right? You, <laughs> right? you, you have an understanding of, okay, that place is way too, uh, you know, big for me way too hard for me. I need to start here first and then go there or, you know, if I want to if I want to craft something, then I can go here and, and and you know craft that. Like Valheim is one of the is a really great game because of that. There there's still a lot of things it can improve upon, but it's I think one of the things that made that game super viral. And for those that don't know, Valheim is a Viking open-world game, um Viking survival game where it is it's made by only like five people, I think. And in the first month, it reached five million people. It got five million players topping the Steam charts. And it's, and it's only in early access. Like, it literally just came out. So, when you play this game, it doesn't tell you exactly what to do, right? It doesn't handhold you. However, it gives you some direction. It says, this is a goal that you can reach for. It doesn't even tell you, like, do this. No, it says, this is a goal that you can reach for, right? Like, it pops you down into, uh, well, first of all, like, you're introduced with the whole map, flying around the whole, this place. You can see how big this place is, how dynamic it is. You're in a rainstorm where things are moving around and lightning striking. It's very epic, right? So, it gets you in the mood. It gets you invested. It gets you interested, and then it, it plops you down like you're, you're flying in on, the balcony, on a valkyrie on a giant raven or something like that, coral, whatever. And it, and it you know he drops you down to this, this landscape, um, this open field, five stones around you and they each have different like they each are different sizes or whatever. So you're intrigued by okay, what's going on? And then it tells you just a little bit, just a little tiny bit of lore, just a little bit of oh, this is you know the elders. Um, you can go and hunt them down. And bring back their trophy here, and gives you powers or something like that, right? It keeps it very, very little, very <laughs> a little vague and stuff like that. But it still gives you a sense of direction, and that's what I want to apply because many open world games, many survival games, you not you don't really know what to do, where to go. There's no end game. There's no understanding of you know what uh, anything, right? And it's very. A lot of survival games, especially, are very punishing. Where if you don't do something right, you, you get killed, you know. And if you get killed, it's very hard to come to get back to where you were. But in Valheim, yes, it can be punishing to an extent. But at, at the same time, you kind of know if you went, you know, far field with no backups, no <laughs> no um, extra materials or anything like that. You know, you, you, you kind of deserve it, right? <laughs> Even though a first death is very hard, you might be like, oh man, I messed up. You, it's still all your stuff is there, like you can always go back and get the exact stuff that you got and this then I'm getting a little bit too far in the weeds here, but the point here is that a good open world game gets you invested, gives you direction, but it doesn't hand hold you right It gives you an idea of what you can do, and it gives you an idea of the potential that you can reach towards, but it doesn't tell you what to do, it doesn't you know try to force you into any one way of doing it or anything like that, right. It just it just helps you go along the way by intriguing you, by showing you the possibilities, right? And possibilities that's relevant to you, too, not just anything. Like, when you start the game, you start in the meadows. It's, like, the easiest area. And so you're only surrounded by, like, boars, deer, the occasional uh, grayling. Um, and then if you go to higher areas uh, to... Around the meadows is the Black Forest, and there you see gray dwarfs, you see trolls, and these are more powerful creatures, right? But it doesn't like drop you into the hardest area and expect you to survive. No, it starts you in the easiest area, right? Um, So it's very relevant to 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 what's around you. And if you want to, you know, defeat a boar, for instance, then you can try to punch it to death, or you can, you know, make a, a simple a simple axe, and it starts you with it, right? It starts you with the simple tools, with the materials. To understand, okay, this is the first things I can create. I can create a hammer, I can create an axe, um, a, a workbench, this, that, and the other, right? Uh, super simple things. And then you can go to the next level. You can get a little bit more, right? If you want to defeat a deer, you realize that you can't run it down. They're too fast. So you need a bow and arrow. And in order for you to make a bow and arrow, you cut down some trees, you, you defeat some boars, and you use that those materials to create a uh, um bow and arrow. But in order to create a bow and arrow, you need a workbench. And a workbench needs a little bit of shelter. So you build a shelter, right? So it's very, you know, again, it it guides you along the process without hand-holding you. It doesn't tell you exactly what to do, but you kind of can infer it. And it's relevant. That's the sort of experience I want to create, you know, with all of humanity. (laughs) Where instead of us being dropped into some random geographic area, and having to figure out how to you know go through life and oftentimes being dropped in the hardest area or you know um, even if we're in a relatively easy area we're surrounded by people who are already like super powerful like Valheim is a multiplayer game but it's you can you start in your own server right you start in your own area where there's nobody else it's just you and you can choose whether you want other people I know not all of this is is something you can do in real life but the the fact still stands that you know, in our lives, we're constantly dropped into this, in a random geographic area with super high-level people around us who can gank us. Who can, you know, <laughs> for those that don't know, ganking is like um, basically killing you, right? They can, they can mess with, or mess around with you, bully you, harass you, and stuff like that. You can't really do anything about it because they're way higher level. They they have way more equipment and materials and experience and all this other stuff, and you can't really do anything about it. So it really kills your experience. That's how a lot of our lives are, right? Whether we start in the hardest area or the easiest area, that's how it is. And even beyond that, like, we have no idea what to do, right? We, we, <laughs> we, we try to depend upon our parents to tell us, but oftentimes they grew up in another era, right? Where something, there was a different meta, and they try to tell you the new meta, <laughs> or they try to tell you how to succeed based on that old meta, but the meta has changed. Like, the game has changed. It's different now. Like, it's not the same, and you can't do the same things. But a lot of us do it anyways because that's the only thing we know, right? And so we constantly go through life having no idea what to do, you know. Often going down the wrong path, and guess there is a wrong path because many of us, you know, this I think the the stat is like 60% of people hate their jobs, you know. And depression is at a all-time high. You know, death by suicide, death by, you know, avoidable things, right? And for me, when I look at this, when I look at my experience, when I read stuff about psychology and all this other stuff, I realized that a lot of it is because there's no direction. There's no guidance. There's no help. And that's what I want to provide, right? I really feel like we can create a better structure for our society in which we offer people, you know, some guidance. We understand, okay, what is your context? What is your personality? What is your, you know, your goals? What are, what are the basic needs? What 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 are your unfulfilled needs rather And how can we help you towards that How can we guide you towards the right path Or towards a better path at least Right How can we you know protect You know what you have going on Without Without hampering you Without handicapping you Without babying you And, and, and assuming we know what's best for you Right Cause I, And this book is, is pointing out that Everybody has their own individual needs Their own individual uh, definition of actualization their own individual idea of a purpose and meaning right and you can't give that to someone you can't tell them what their purpose is and, and try to create their meaning for them they can create it for themselves right that's what it means to be self actualized that's why it's so important if you want to live up to your most your, your, your greatest potential you have to figure that out for yourself but it, it is not an individual; it is not a lonely journey, all right. What, it, what he's pointing out in his book, um, and his podcasts I've heard so far, is that a huge part of this is, you know, belonging, is connection, is love. Again, you can go through all this yourself. I'm going to be going through it in the coming episodes. But, anyways, a lot of that is is kind of you know <laughs> that's the sort of thing I've been thinking about the last couple of days and weeks and months and stuff like that. And um yeah, it's just it's just so fascinating to me. And uh just just to touch on a few other things I've been thinking about. It's not exactly related, maybe tangentially, but just to sh- just to share, because I'm already on here. Um one thing I've been thinking about is like the nature of intelligence and sentience and, and reality. <laughs> uh I'm always thinking about this sort of thing, but it's so interesting to me because um I just had this thought experiment When I was laying in bed. I was like, you know, what what if what if stars were sentient? Right? And if stars are sentient, you know, what if the planets are like their organs? Their inner organs or anything like or something like that, right? What if we humans and other animals are like bacteria, you know, on those organs and and stuff like that? Or cells or something. Likewise, what if Planets were sentient And You know Nature The things on the planet Was his organs And The thing inside of it, The bacteria Like Right You see where I'm going Here with this And What if ants were sentient and I, and I I say it Because I Had this idea of You know What if What if each level of sentience Can't really or at least at the less mature level, can't really understand the concept of another scale being sentient. So, to visual, visualize that, we as humans, you know, we, we, we know we're sentient. We can, <laughs> you know, think and, and, and communicate about this stuff. But we're not really sure if ants are sentient, right? We don't consider them sentient. Even though they do have some level of intelligence, especially, you know, their colony on the colony scale. Right? We understand, we see that they have some something going on there which you know the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. There's some emergence going on there. And we're starting to understand the importance of emergence, but we don't really consider ants sentient. Same thing as bacteria or cells, even though they're life forms. Right? And likewise going upwards. We don't consider the planet As sentient, at least not most of us It's hard to consider The planet as sentient Um, Whether or not it's true The fact is that most of us Don't think so Same thing for for stars and, And bigger things like that And the only reason Why we don't think so is because It's beyond our Current understanding of what sentience is It's because It doesn't look like the same type of Sentience that we Have been born into Right So You know what if this is like a a, a, Almost like a cosmological law Like the, the maturity level of your sentience Will determine If you can understand Another type of sentience Like we're looking for aliens And stuff like that The search for alien life SETI and all that other stuff But in actuality Like most people Are looking for a specific type of life, right? (laughs) The life and sentience that looks like us. And it may be a short-sighted way of looking at it. I don't know. It's just some thoughts. Just some thoughts. (laughs) And um, another thing I was thinking about is, uh, you know, with light. With electromagnetic radiation. Photons and such. So, it's, it's common facts in science that we only see like one, I don't know, trillionth of the wavelength of the lights. One trillionth, right? And what's so special about this wavelength, the visible, what we call visible light? There's nothing actually special about it. We, it's special to us. But the only reason why we see this specific band bandwidth, bandwidth of light Is because of the structure of our eyes Is because of the size of our irises The pupils Right? It's because that specific You know, those 80 bits Those bits, right? Those wavelengths of light Can fit into our irises And that's all we can see So what is, you know, outside of that? Will we ever be able to understand Truly grasp the larger nature of the universal reality Around us For these the, For the other wavelengths of light Like we have infrared and ultraviolet And all this other stuff But we don't really, you know Think about that on a daily basis I'm not sure if there's enough studies Really around that And I worry that those studies are biased Towards, you know, how does it interact with the, the life that we see You know I ask this because It is related to what I was The last thing I was considering Is like You know Is there Is is it possible for there to be other life Or other Structures or things Or objects That we simply cannot see I'm not sure Like a tree is a tree And we can go up and touch it But can there be like another structure next to the tree But I just can't see it Because it's in a Because it you know, bounces off other wavelengths of light Maybe I'm looking at it backwards Maybe, you know I probably am Because it's, it's like these objects exist Or at least we, we think they do <laughs> The light bounces off of it All lights bounces off of it And we only see The light that bounces and hits our face And goes into our eyes So maybe, yeah, the tree exists exactly as it is I don't know, like Again, like if you, when you start to understand photons, you realize that there's far more stuff out there than, than we can currently grasp. All right? Because there's wavelengths of light that is bigger than the tree. There's wavelengths of light that are bigger than the planet. So if there is wavelengths like that, our, the wavelengths of light that hit us, that like go into our eyes, are like maybe the size of our pupils. What's that like? You know, a couple centimeters. So what if there's, you know, light that's a couple inches wide? You know, what, what happens to that light? You know, what is... <laughs> what is that bouncing off of? You know? Does it bounce off the same objects or... I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Probably am. But it's those things that, Those types of thoughts that just... Give me a better appreciation of, of the world that we live in. And also always have me looking and wondering... And being more curious... There's really just so much more than we can possibly understand, and it's just so fascinating. I don't know what I'm gonna do with that, but I feel like some someday, probably gonna look more into that when I have more understanding of science and math and all that other stuff. See where that goes, trace that thread. But right now, I don't know. It's just a thought. I Feel like there's some other importance there, something I'm missing. Probably something that we've already, you know, talked about in our science. I don't know, it was just interesting to me. But anyways, that's it for now. Um like I said I'll try to do this daily and because I'm doing it daily I hopefully it could be a little bit shorter. Now out here for like an hour or more, uh just bumbling about. Um But yeah, as always thanks for listening. If you have ideas or thoughts or wanna share your own um ideas or thoughts away, hit me up. At Eli J A H C L A U D E. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being. And have a great day. Bye bye. I don't have this open. How am I gonna close it? Oh my gosh, I'm on the wrong app. Oh my goodness, I'm still talking. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Bye bye. (laughs)